Of course, we managed to get a new reading of the Stormlight 4 prologue, the one day I'm traveling and away from my nice microphone. But fear not, dear listener, since I've got my crappy old headset mic and boundless enthusiasm. So, uh, let's talk about the new piece of the prologue, with spoilers ahead for the entire Stormlight archive and tons of rampant speculation. Whee! Okay, so, with DragonCon this past weekend, or current weekend, if you're listening to this on Sunday, uh, 31st of August and the 1st of September, whatever, um, we got a reading of the, of at least part of the prologue from Book 4 of the Stormlight Archive, also known as the Rhythm of War. While Brandon didn't give us the entire prologue, it cuts off some point before the actual fighting starts, this gives us a ton of new information to work with about the feast uh, that sort of sets off the entire current storyline. As most of you probably know, uh, figuring out the chronology of the feast was one of my earliest useful works, and one of my favorite kind of puzzles in the Stormlight Archive, so let's dig into it. I will be uh, linking the, the reading in the show notes, but if you're seeing this, you probably already have at least heard of it, if you haven't seen it already, but uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, shout out to Sheila McKinnon for putting it up on YouTube. So, to begin, the prologue is told from the point of view of Navani Colin as she struggles to deal with running this enormous feast to celebrate the treaty with the Parshendi, with Gavilar entirely missing, as apparently he's been wont to do. Navani shows admirable tenacity, and most of the prologue does involve her dealing with the various kind of menial tasks of running a feast. Notably, it starts while the Parshendi are setting up the drums. So Eshenai has already met with Gavilar, seen the Sons of Honor, and taken the mysterious Black Sphere from him. So Navani deals with the massive task of the feast coming in the side door to see Aesodon Colin talking to a master artifabrian known as Ardent Chris of some kind, uh, but it's a man, so maybe it's just a sound-alike name to the famous Cosmere Scholar, or it's some kind of uh, shortening of a name somewhere, I'm not entirely sure, but Gavilar wanted a bunch of artifabrians present on the night of the feast for reasons unknown to Navani. We know it's probably a lot to do with what he talks about with Eshenai about uh, Fabriel sort of trapping Spren. So it suggests that Gavilar was trying to do something important on this night, if he wanted the Artifabrians here. We don't really know. But anyway, Navani turns to the house steward, an old, white-bearded man with too many rings on his fingers. Again, side note, possibly Hoyt, probably not, but possibly a Farukamist? Maybe? Not sure. Don't want to focus too much on that part, um, but it's possible. Um, he's the one who tells her about the uncommon visitors, people who Gavilar has been mysteriously meeting with recently. Probably the Sons of Honor in most cases, but as we'll see, that's not just them. Let's continue with, uh, sort of skipping ahead, uh, where Nafani actually sees Gavilar, and, or at least hears him, because the, the specific wording here is fascinating. So it goes as such, blah blah blah. So someone says, uh, being able to bring them back and forth from Bray's doesn't mean anything, Gavilar, one of them said. It's too close to be a relevant distance. It was possible just a few short years ago, said a powerful voice. His, Gavilar's. This is proof. The connection is not severed. It can be warped to allow for travel. Not yet as far as we like, but we must start the journey somewhere. So, holy moly, uh, there's a lot to talk about here, but let's continue to the next John Dropper a few paragraphs later. The king was speaking to two men Navani vaguely recognized. Ambassadors from the West were what they'd been called but no kingdom had been given for their home. They were simply among Gavilar's uncommon visitors. Now, 
Okay, the phrase, ambassadors from the West, is literally the phrase that Yasna uses when she sees these two men in the hallway in the prologue in Words of Radiance. It goes, uh, the two passed through the intersection in front of Yasna. They were ambassadors from the West, including the Azish man with the white birthmark on his cheek. Or was it a scar? So, in other words, the two men meeting with Gavilar Colin on the night of the feast were none other than the heralds Calic and Nail. Oh, okay. So much, so much to unpack here. Um, first of all, that Gavilar knew these men, and they knew him. And it seems as though Gavilar managed to use the Heralds' connection to Brace to somehow transport them there and back, or at the very least, transport someone else, because either Calic or Nail, we don't know who said it, uh, said the words, being able to bring them back and forth from Brace. So either they managed to, or hoped to, transport somebody else to and from the planet, probably they managed to do it somehow, I don't know. But this is likely tied with the fact that Brandon says the Oath Pact has not been entirely broken. And transport, to and from Braze, suggests that we might actually see our point-of-view heralds eventually go back to that planet, which would take the story to a whole new level in terms of Cosmere or chronology and taking epic fantasy to other planets. Um, also, a good thing to note here, uh, this is all happening while Talon is still being tortured on Braze. So, if they got to and from there while that was happening was not a good place, and also, wow, poor guy. But okay, um, there's so much here. Uh, this brings us to the next question. Uh, what exactly was Gavilar's game, exactly? Uh, his meeting with the Heralds is separate from his meeting with the Sons of Honor, and it seems like he wants to harness the power of the Oath Pact to travel somewhere. But somehow, Braze isn't far enough. This gives us a couple of options. Maybe he and the Heralds want to world hop elsewhere on the physical realm? Or maybe he wants a way into the cognitive realm. Another possible option depends on Roshar and cosmology, which is, um, is Ashen farther away from Roshar than Braze? Or could it be that Gavilar's goal, or the Herald's goal, was to return to the original home of humanity in the system? Or do his ambitions stretch all the way to Yolen? Um, it should be noted. So it's not just his ambitions, as I'm saying it. It's also Kalak and Nail, and possibly Ishar, since Ishar kind of uh, holds Nail's ear. So... What exactly do they want? Uh, so many questions, but it, it's clear that Gavilar here is part of something much, much bigger than any of our point-of-view characters know about right now. But wait, there is more. So, in the Oathbringer prologue, Gavilar speaks to Eshenai hours before the feast while meeting with the people who we believe to be the Sons of Honor. Amaram, an old man, another officer, and two women. In this conversation, he shows Eshenai the mysterious black sphere and talks about how the world needs a new storm to bring back the listener gods, and to have the Radiance speak the words once more. A lofty goal, but we know that this is explicitly contrary to Nail and the Skybreakers' entire mission for the last several thousand years. So, how was he able to meet with Nail without getting his head lopped off, and even go so far as to work with him in transporting something to and from Braze? Well, then, there is the possibility that the two Heralds did do something, but this, this might be reaching. So, in the words of Radiance prologue, Yasna hears Kallik say, Quote, I don't like this. What we've done was wrong. That creature carries my lord's own blade. We shouldn't have let him keep it. He... And then they cut off. A few moments later, the screams begin as Zeth starts to go ham. So that brings its own set of questions. First of all, uh, how did Calic and Nail know that Zeth wielded the honor blade? And what did they do that was so wrong? So in Zeth's prologue, we see him use lashings to start a fight with the palace guards, which leads to screams, the screams that Yasna hears in her own prologue just after seeing Calic and Nail. But, 
Zeth doesn't summon his honor blade until after that confrontation begins, so either the heralds can tell when someone is just normally wielding an honor blade and simply saw Zeth during the feast, or, also possible, they were involved in getting the Barshendi to assassinate Gavilar, and therefore knew of Zeth's weapon. That doesn't explain how some mysterious voice led the Parshendi clade to purchase Zeth, but it might reconcile why Kallik feels guilt for actively doing something, and why neither Harold shows up to fight Zeth once he starts rampaging through the castle. So, a lot of questions here. Um, this has been just a lot of rambling, and we haven't even gotten to the good stuff, which is presumably everything that happens once, uh, you know, after Brandon cut off the prologue. So, there will be a lot to see. But yeah, whew. Um, a couple of other words of Brandon while we're here, just because, I mean, they're on, they're on there, so I may as well. I'm sure there'll be a ton more to come out in the next few days. Uh, we know that Zet's point of view, his his role will be smaller in Book 4 than it was before, uh, because his spotlight is really being saved for Book 5, um, which will have his flashbacks, so in Rhythm of War, expect him to have a role similar to uh, his role in The Way of Kings, which was like the prologue and then one chapter per interlude, so maybe four chapters total from him, which honestly isn't that much less isn't that much less than we saw him in Oathbringer, where he kind of just like just showed up in part four and part five, so I don't know. Another interesting uh, word of Brandon, which is even more confusing, is that when someone asked, um, have we seen a Dawn Shard in any Cosmere book? The answer was yes and no with a Rayfo. So no idea what that means. <laughs> But okay, so that wraps up uh, my frantic Saturday night, uh, whatever. Um, for now, I think I'll hold off on an updated timeline of the feast until we get the actual Rhythm of War prologue and all that stuff, just because I'm sure that'll change quite a bit in the timings and whatnot. But I may end up having another sort of ramble sometime in the next couple weeks with more wild thoughts on this whole matter, uh, especially as people smarter than me start to piece together things that I didn't realize about this prologue. I ended up skipping over a lot of it because it seemed like it was just Navani dealing with you know, palace tasks, but maybe I missed something. Um, but till then, thanks to uh, Hokey Bentley over in the Sandersonian Institute for Cosmere Studies Discord for just talking this out with me as I freaked out. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music. Thanks to the 17th Shard for all the info. Uh, thanks to Sheila McKinnon for the recording of the reading. And thanks to you for listening. And uh, see you next time.